to What We Like. We're your hosts, Cindy and Sonia. Join us each week as we discuss the world of adulting with some ratchet recap and buzz sessions. And be petty, because I have a petty spirit. So if my petty spirit is live, it, it will. Monday, you know. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's that dreaded Monday. Yeah. How was it for you? Um, you know what? It wasn't too bad. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. It's just Mondays. Like it seems like it's Friday and then you're looking forward to the weekend and then it's Saturday night and before you know it, it's Sunday evening. Like <laughs> Yes. I love Sundays, but at the same time I dread Sundays because I know that, you know, what's coming next. But yeah. you know, same as you, my Monday wasn't it wasn't terrible. It was actually okay. It was and so it's starting off to a good week. That's yes. a good thing. Yes. Positivity. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely positivity. Okay, so let's jump into this week's car chatter. And first I have, you know, on a sad note to two things. Um TI sister Precious passed away from a yeah. car accident. So that was really, really sad because she seemed like a really, really sweet person. You know, obviously I don't know her personally, but just seeing her from their shows, she seemed like a really sweet person. And it's always really hard to lose someone, period, but definitely unexpected because hers stemmed from a car accident. Right. And I read today that uh, the car accident was from an asthma attack. So they're saying she had the asthma attack first and then that caused the car accident. So apparently yes. she had asthma really bad. So Yes. So yeah. uh, really, really hated to hear that. And then also yeah. today I saw that Luke Perry passed away. I saw a few days ago he had a stroke. And then it was, uh, it came out today that he passed and Luke Perry is, or was Dylan from 90210 Beverly Hills. Did you watch that show? I did. Yes. And you know, that's, it's really scary, but it's really scary because he was only 52. Yes. 52. So to have a stroke and then to pass away like that all, you know, within a week. It really makes you think, oh, I need to go out and jog. I need to take better care of myself. I need to put those cookies down. Like, yes. it makes you really think. It does. You know, because he was, he was young. Yes. He was young. He was. He was. So just, you know, thoughts and prayers with both of those families. Really hate to, to hear that. Yeah. And yeah. also, did you watch Leaving Netherlands? The documentary with uh, about uh, Michael Jackson's of accusers. I did not. You know what? For stuff like that, I have to be in the right frame of mind. Yes. Because I have, it, I just, I just can't spring that on me. I have to be in the right frame of mind for that. So I didn't, I didn't watch it. I planned to at some point, mm-hmm. but I didn't watch it. And then I heard Oprah did like a show, or she's going to do. Like a show with the two guys that accused him. Yes, or something. I think that she's doing that tonight after this, because I guess it's a it was a two night series. I didn't oh, watch okay. it, but I think okay. it was a two night, and she is doing her interview tonight after the second showing. I didn't watch either. Didn't really want to watch, and you know, like you, I may watch at some point, but. I haven't yet, but Oprah did get a lot of flack 
for doing the interview. Although we don't know what stance she's going to take because we haven't seen the interview yet. But a lot of people right. did give her a hard time for doing it because a lot of people felt like documentaries should have never been made because the boys testified in court under oath that nothing ever happened. And now, years and years right. later, you know, here we are. So a lot of people felt like it should have never come out. And then the next thing was, why is Oprah entertaining them? Well, I, I, I must say, I was one of those people when I saw that she was doing it. I was like, I like Oprah is doing this because I thought the same thing that these two boys said which I know that they were much younger. Yes. But they said, you know, nothing happened. And it seems pretty convenient just to me. And I'm not saying that nothing, you know, didn't happen. But he's not here to tell his side of the story again. Like, it seems convenient now that he's deceased. Of course, you can come out and say anything can that happened because... He, you know, he's not here to tell his side of the story. So. Right. And not only that he's not here to tell his side of the story, but the they made a decision not to talk to, not to interview any of his family. So that right. was a conscious decision that they made. So it seems like they didn't want the other side of the story portrayed. So that part of yeah. it, you know, was I, I didn't agree with that either. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was really surprised that Oprah, you know, got into that. But yeah, and that's what a lot of people were saying. And then I heard somewhere today it, it was said, okay, you know, let's pause and wait to see how she does the interview because maybe she's going to be a voice on the other side. So I guess, well, I'm not going to watch that tonight either. So I guess I'll find out tomorrow on social media how her interview oh, went. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's going to be people who, who are going to be posting. I'm oh, sure. definitely. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, lastly, Wendy Williams returned to her show today. I don't watch. I used to... A while ago, years ago, I, I, I'm not currently, you know, one of her viewers, but I did see a clip of her, you know, she came back and basically said, yes, I am still Mrs. Hunter. Don't worry about me. Don't talk about me. Or I think it was talk about me when you see this ring on off of my finger, which will never happen. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, right, right. We'll see how but this goes. I was glad and and I don't I'm I don't watch her show either. I'm not a fan or whatever, but I did uh I was glad that she addressed it because she loves to talk about other people's business right. and get way deep in their business. So And she, she doesn't it, she doesn't usually address her mess because obviously this right. is not the first time she and her husband have been in the news. This is not the first time there have been rumors about his shenanigans, but she usually doesn't really address it. And I guess she really didn't right. have a choice this time because she was gone for so long and there was so much being said in the blog. So she came out, she said what she said. Mm, not really sure how much I believe her, but she did address it. <laughs> right. And, and that's what I was going to say. I'm not really sure how, uh, how much I believe it, but you know, We'll see. I wish wish her well. Yes. I do know that that's um I'm not I'm not a Wendy Williams and I know how hard divorce can be. So if that is what she's going through, I wish her well because I can only imagine going through something like divorce publicly in the public eye. But she said know. it'll never happen. You know, but I I okay. hope that the rumors that are out there are not true, especially the ones that center around him being abusive and maybe her having right. a relapse and she had to do some rehab and that's why she was out. I hope that's not true because nobody deserves to to go through any of that. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. 
I hope not. But you can never say never. Like Right. That's what I was thinking. Never. And she said never. And I was like, okay, Wendy. Because if it happens, best believe blogosphere will pull up this clip. <laughs> Right. And so it could be 30 years from now. Yes. Be like, you remember back in 2019? Yeah. So exactly. She, she, I never say never. You know, just she should say something more the lines like, we hope that'll never happen. Yeah. Or, I hope that would never happen. <laughs> I never want to get to right. any of that. But don't say it definitive, definitively will never happen because yeah, right. we never know. Yeah. You never know. Right. So, well, I guess on that note, we can um, get right into the episode for this week. So, I I know you saw the Steve Harvey clip. You know, Steve Harvey has like a little panel sometimes and he asks questions. He has different people on the panel. And this week, I think he had Jason Lee and... Um, I forgot the workout lady's name and he had a couple other people on there. But the question was, is it wise to pick financial security over love um, when it comes to settling down with someone? So that was the question. So I thought, okay, that that's a good question. So I'm going to play the clip from Steve Harvey's show, and then we can talk about it on the other side. Okay. So, all right, here we go. Is it wise to pick financial security over love when it comes to settling down with someone? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's wise, but I haven't ever been able to do yes. it. Yes. I, I learned a long over time love? ago. Wait. No. I learned a long time ago. Stay loyal to the bag. At the end of the day, the, the bag is going to attract love. Love, and you ain't, you got a whole lot of love and you ain't got no bag, you will be, you'll be homeless. Money does what? not buy happiness Only... or love. Exactly. Money does not buy happiness. No, that money buys misery. No, no, no. You're literally, you'll literally be in a prison mm-hmm. marrying somebody for that. I know many women who have, and they are absolutely miserable. But love comes in many different sizes. 5,000, 20,000, <laughs> no. 100,000. So no. no, money gives you comfort and gives you stability. Yeah, but All this we need later. to struggle together. No, we're not doing that. No, I don't believe with- Okay, so that was the clip. So now, what do you think? Do you think it's wise to choose money over love, love over money? What What are your thoughts? Well, (laughs) first of all, I should say no. I don't think it's wise to choose money over love. But I don't think I would be choosing homelessness for love either. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I go back and forth because I can say when you choose money, over love, I feel like she was right that you can be miserable because when you're with someone for money, two things. I feel like it's it's probably not for happiness. So you're probably just there for the money and you're sacrificing happiness for it. And that person gets to call the shots per se. Like, so when she said people, the women are miserable, I believe that, you know, because that person rules everything. So they get to say what you can and cannot do because they have the money and you don't. On the other hand, though, I don't want to be with somebody if we struggling, especially at this age like it's just not a good look it's not cute that we just you know that we haven't like we like we're struggling so and I I want you to have my back I'm not saying you have to you know have a six-figure bank account or whatever that's nice if you do but I'm just saying I would want you to be able to have my have my back and me do the same yeah now, I'm not going to be with somebody for money or I'm not going to go out and make a conscious decision that I'm looking for money. 
and then the love is secondary. No, I'm not going to do that. But I'm also not going to be with somebody who doesn't have anything. So I might have to sacrifice love if what's with coming with that love is a man who doesn't have anything. And, And when I say doesn't have anything, I mean, not just the fact that maybe he doesn't have any money, but he has no motivation or he has no, nothing about him that makes him want to get up and do more. I need him to be self-sufficient because I am self-sufficient. And I feel like if I'm self-sufficient and he's self-sufficient and we come together, we can do great things. Right. But I, I, I can't have him on zero and I'm over here on a hundred because that, that's just not going to work for me. <laughs> right, right. Definitely don't want to be um, with somebody who's on zero. We just, that that can't happen. A zero cannot, that cannot happen because my motivation is definitely above a zero. I need you to at least be on the same level I am. So yes, now, yes. if we if we're together and something happens and you um, fall back down to zero, then okay, we we can talk about that. We can fix this together. I got because you. I, you know, right? I got you for a certain period of time. But I'm gonna need you to come right. back up. Right. I'm gonna need you to be working on getting it back together, though. Pulling pulling yourself back back together. Because I would want, I would hope that you would do the same for me. Like, yeah. if if I went to zero, then, you know, you'd give me some time to get it back together. But I think marrying for money or getting together with somebody for money is a disaster. Like, it just, I, I don't know that you can be happy. I guess you can have both because for some people money would make them happy you know they say have money don't make you happy but i think for some people they can yeah be happy i like think that. for some people it, it can be it can make you happy and some people just come to that place where they find somebody that they are truly happy with and that person happened to have money and they you know get the best of both worlds Right. And, and you know that happens too. But this topic is one that I think a lot of people may struggle with because especially and I think it's different. You know, 20 years ago I didn't put that much emphasis on the man already having because right. we were both we would both be at that stage where we're building our future. Or, you know, we're trying to get to that next level. But, and I always say, you know, on the other side, but at this point in life, you know, where we are, yes, he needs to be established. He needs to have something because I have something. But it also, you know, when I think about it, it's fear of coming across as being a gold digger or as someone who wants someone for money, I think we have to be really careful with that because if we really say what we feel and we just did like, Hey, you know, he doesn't have to be this, but I need him to be this, which means I need him to have something. Right. And then some people would look at that and say, Oh, you want a man to take care of you? No, no, no. That's not what we said. (laughs) Right. 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 No, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to take care of me now. If that's your goal in life, I'm not going to fight you. <laughs> right, right. But that's not that's not what I'm I'm asking. And you're right. Sometimes it for men, I think they when you say that kind of stuff, they take it as you you're a gold digger or whatever. No, I'm just asking you to meet me where I am. You know, that's that's it. Like I just need you to be able to take care of yourself. And, and at this point in our life, I, I want us to be able to go out to eat if we want to once or twice a week, maybe, or we can 
go out of town without having to plan it for six months or right you, you know something something like that like it doesn't have to be anything big like but I'm just saying I want us to be to that point I want you to be to that point where you can do that because you know at this age that's what we should be able to do you know I'm not saying we should fly around the world but we should be able to say oh you know what weekend after next maybe we should ride out to wherever you know and we're not using our light bill money for that right and it's not a financial hardship to to do something and you know I think that it's it's okay to say that I think it's okay to want that because at the end of the day I'm not asking the mate or potential mate to bring anything to the table that I'm not bringing to the table. I'm I'm not that chick who says he has to have this, this, and this. No, I just need you, like I said before, to be self-sufficient. And I I don't require you to have any more than what I have. Now, if you do, woohoo. I mean, that's an added bonus. Right. But it's not one of my bottom line requirements. Right, right. Because, you know, for different people different things are important. So, you know, we may say he needs to have a car and his own place or whatever. To me, I just need you to have a a, a car. It okay, yeah. Be- so let's talk about that. Let's talk about these bottom line <laughs> requirements. Right. I need you to so, have a car. Yes, that's important. <laughs> but I need it to be a car that once a month we not put money into your your vehicle just trying to keep it on the road you know what i mean like i need you to have a i need you to have a running vehicle like you know that that that'll stay on the road for some time okay because if you you guys go out on a date you don't want to be on the side of the road i don't i don't want to do triple a every time Okay. What but else again, you got? <laughs> I'm not saying it has to be a Benz. Right, you know? right. It just it has to be reliable. Reliable. There you go. Okay. Okay. Next, a place to live. Yes. And so for depending on where where we're living, what state or what region, that could look differently. For some, I know living in, you know, northern Virginia, the DC area. The cost of living is higher up here. Uh-huh. So you may have to have a roommate. Right. Hey, that's perfectly fine with me. I know for some women, they're like, no, that, that still wouldn't work for me. That that would be fine with me because I understand the cost of living. Okay, but like I, if you're in Georgia or Florida, you down south, I'm thinking that you should probably be able to have your own place. Right. <laughs> So, like I said, it's region. So, yes, I agree. Region. Like I agree here, with that. Some people have basement apartments. Like mm-hmm. they rent out somebody's basement. That would be cool with me because most of them you have your own entrance. The basement is locked off. So, it's just, it's like its own separate apartment. I'd be cool with that too. Now, would I be cool with those things forever? Probably not. But like... If you, you know, you you experience a little downtime or something and you need to get yourself back together and you ro- you moved in with a roommate or you took a basement apartment, I'm cool with that. Like, I'm, I'm flexible, you know, because I might have to do that. So, I- I'm flexible. So, you're um, flexible walking in the door. So, you're just meeting somebody and they are down. Do you see yourself getting into that relationship or would it okay. be easier for you to, 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 to be there? If he's up, then you guys can get into the relationship. And then if he falls, okay, I got you. I think it would be easier coming in if he was, you know, up a little bit and then he came down. Yeah. But I, I, I can't say that I wouldn't, you know, date or talk to someone who, was already there who had a roommate or lived in a basement apartment. I can't say that I wouldn't because okay. it just depends on the vibe between us. Like, yeah, it would be hard for me to do that roommate situation. 
it, it would be hard for me to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm saying I, I don't know. I don't want to count that out, but I would prefer if he was up. And then yeah. you fell down. But <laughs> like I think you said, it definitely depends on on the region. It definitely depends on where you are and right. the cost of living of where you are. Because like you said, in certain areas, that's pretty much the norm. Right. Whereas in other areas, not so. So, right. <laughs> so depending, I guess depending on where I am, you know, <laughs> geographically speaking. Right. Would it kind of alter the answer to that question for me? And and another thing I need him to do is I'm not I'm not gonna sit down and right out the gate we talk about your credit score, my credit score, that kind of thing. But I need you to be able to when we go out to eat, you can pay. Or I'm not saying all the time, because I know somebody listening probably like, oh, she one of those chicks, she wants you to pay all the time. I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying you should be able to pay sometime. You should be able to take us, you know, if we wanted to do a day trip somewhere or we wanted to plan a weekend trip or something, you should be able to, to do that. If, yeah. You know, and I kind of feel like definitely during the dating stage. Right. You know, once we get to that point where we're committed, then yeah, it's you and me, it's give and take. But if you're trying to woo me, and you know you're courting me per se. I think that I I expect for you to do these things. Right. You know, once we we in that place that space where we're together, I think it's more give and take there. Right. 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 So those are my you know my main finance things that I need you to you know come to the table with. I think those are all of them. Okay, so let me piggyback on that because you touched on it and you said not that it has to happen like right off the bat. And I recently read an article about the timing of the whole money talk. So obviously, if you know, you're just dating somebody, you guys are hanging out or whatever, you know, their financial business is really not your business. But at what point do you think is, or at any point, uh, well, I guess marriage would be a point, but but before that, <laughs> when do you think it's necessary or a good idea to have the money talk? You know, that's a good question because that can get sticky, you know, because you don't want to do it too early. Um, right. Because then people start to think you're, you know, in it for the money. Right. But you don't want to do it too late. And then you caught up in your feelings. Right. <laughs> and you find out that, you know, he really don't have any money that he's been taking you out from <laughs> some borrowed money that he borrowed from his friends. Uh, um, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. But the article that I read, it kind of had a timeline. Oh, really? But it, it, it is a hard one. But I agree with you. You definitely don't want to do it too soon because you don't want to scare him away. But then also you don't want to wait until you're fully invested and then it's hard to get out of it. Right. And I, But I think that it, it kind of goes in steps. And if I, if I remember correctly, you know, the article went along the lines of, okay, so you're dating or whatever. And, you know, if you're in and you actually determine that you guys are a couple, then you may have the... The salary talk. Uh, and I don't know if it's specific numbers or generally speaking. And that's just so that you guys know what each other's budget is. So that if you are planning joint vacations right. and things along those lines, then you know. Because you kind of need to know that information. Because if we say that we're, we're going on a trip this year or we're going on a trip this summer... I kind of need to know where you are because I might be thinking Paris <laughs> and you might be thinking the Bahamas. Right. <laughs> so the article that I read, and I wish I remember where it was, but I don't. I'll have to look it up. But it was stating that it, it, when you become a couple, yeah, you need to talk about finances because that comes into play 
when you're talking about going on trips and you're talking about vacation. It that kind of determines whether or not you can fly somewhere or if it needs to be a trip that you can drive on. Right. So at that point, they said, okay, you do need to have the general talk about finances and budget. Right. But then it says if you get to the point where you are going to cohabitate and you're going to live together, it's time to like really get in and you need to know, okay, what's your credit score? Right, right, right. <laughs> and you know, like, and then you need to know exactly what this person is making because it's no longer a, uh, do we have the same idea as far as uh, vacationing is concerned? But if we're going to live together, we need to know if we are on the same page as far as the type of housing. Are you talking about renting an apartment or are you talking about moving into a house you know are we talking about something that's going to be fifteen hundred dollars a month or are we talking about twenty five hundred dollars a month so it was saying that's when you really need to get deep into the finances and and how much a person makes so you'll know what you guys right can comfortably afford right right and i think if you're open um and honest with someone it, you can you can work work things out, you know, and come to some kind of agreement where the problem usually comes in is you don't know. And so your expectations could be one thing and this person might be on a whole different level. Like right. I might be expecting that we can fly to Jamaica when really the best we can do is go to you know, Disneyland or something. (laughs) But because we didn't talk about that, I'm just assuming because I can go that you can do the same. And And the assumptions is that that's very dangerous. It is. It should not be done. It is. But, you know, as we're talking about this and I'm sitting here thinking about it, I don't know that I've ever really had the money talk. <laughs> well, going you know, into a relationship. I I don't think I have either, but um probably should have, but uh I don't I don't think I have either. I know with my ex-husband we both kind of started on the same level, uh pretty close to one another because we were in the military, so kind of knew how much he was making. He didn't have to say because, you know, your the military, your pay is online so everybody can know how much you, you make it. Yeah. And so we didn't really have to have the the talk because it was uh-huh. obvious, you know. But um I did we did have conversations about how we felt about money. You know, yeah. which was totally different. I I realized that some people <laughs> um, feel differently about money. I that's I, true. I think that you can live your life and save for the future and enjoy the present. I think right at the can, same time. I think that's important up. to have that balance. Right, because my thing is, what if you save for the future and Case in point, we were just talking about Luke Perry. Um, you know, he was only 52. And so, you know, usually at 50s, we're still saving for our future. And what if I save and I never do anything and then I'm gone and I never got right. to do at least some of the things that I wanted to do? And so I feel like you somebody can else do... will be enjoying right. all the fruits of your labor. Exactly. So, I so think, tell me you know, this. I want to do both. I, yeah, I think that's important. Now, you talked about your marriage, but like after that, you you dated. So I want right. to know if you kind of viewed it the same way I did. And I have to say that I did what we just said we shouldn't do. <laughs> Make assumptions. But... Right. I don't think that my assumptions were way off base. So in dating, say we go out with someone and we might go on a few dates. And when you see that person and you see kind of how they move and you see kind of how they're living, 
you kind of make some assumptions on what they got going on. Right. Now, for right. me, I have. Because like I just said, I don't think I've ever really had the money talk. But I've made some assumptions based on how they move and how they live and our interaction. And I've always kind of hit the nail on the head. <laughs> you know, well, with my view of their situation. Right. Well, I. you know what? I probably have made assumptions with people um, that I was dating after my divorce. I probably made some assumptions and a couple of them were dead on. And Uh I will say a couple of them were dead on, even though it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Like, (laughs) I knew. But you recognized it for what it was. I recognized it for what it was. And so I went into it with an open mind, kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, and, And maybe I didn't even admit to myself that I knew, you know, whatever. But I did go into it knowing because most of the time when you see someone driving a certain car... Or you, um, <laughs> they live in a certain place, or they do certain things when you go out. The you know what you see is pretty much what it is. You know because if if you right. start if you're dating for a long time or at least yeah. uh, several months or a year or so, I mean they can't. They, then you really, I think you know yeah. because they can't fake it, but for so long. You know, <laughs> they might fi- they might fake it for the first few weeks, right. but then if they're not really there, they're not going to be able to maintain that. So it ends up showing. Right. And I think that's where I've been. So I really haven't really delved into the whole money conversation, but I do agree with the article in the respect that when you get to the point that you're going to move in together, I believe that, you know, the, there needs to be a conversation and a clear understanding so we both know what we're getting into. Right, right. But, you know, money is always uncomfortable to talk about. It is. It is. It's always hard to, you know, because some people are, that's a sensitive subject. Yes. And it's always difficult because you walk that thin line because you don't want anybody to think that, especially if they have money, you don't want them to think that you're trying to get into their business because you want their money. Right. And then, and this, you know, at the same time, if they don't have money, you don't want them to think that you're judging them for not having money. Right. So it's, it's, it's a tough, tough conversation to have. It is. It is. But mm-hmm. it's a necessary conversation to have. So, in in conclusion, I feel like um, we, I at least for me, in conclusion, I think I would not choose money over love. Um, but I would hope that you would have enough money to take care of yourself, so that I'm not choosing, you know, money over love. And again. I'm not going to choose love necessarily over money. Like if I, if I know that you're dead broke and you're in your struggle mode right now, maybe this is not a good time for us. You maybe it's a no for me. Right. Maybe this is not a good time for us. You're, you're probably not ready to be dating. And so maybe when you, you know, you get back on the come up and I'm still single then give me a call, but this might not be the best time for you. So for me, I'm not going to choose money over love, but I'm not going to choose love over dead broke. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. I, I can't do the broke at this stage of my life. I can't do, you know, the financial struggles at this point in no, my life. Not, I, no, I can't. I can't do not that. Not starting out that but, way, um, you know. No, yeah. right. Not starting out that way. Now, obviously, if we've we've established a relationship 
and you, you know, hit a rough spot. I'm here. I got you. But I'm not going to knowingly walk into a relationship knowing that you're not at least where I right. am. Right. Exactly. And if that makes me uh that lady that's digging for that gold, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> but that's where I am at this point in life. And no, I'm not sorry. That's where I am at this point in my a- life. Absolutely. Absolutely. No apologies necessary. None. None. Okay, well, I guess we we figured out where we are on that. So, um, I guess now you want to talk about Ratchet Recap? Yeah, let's talk about my new favorite show, Love and Marriage Huntsville. Okay, okay, yes. And I think there were a couple episodes that that we can recap on and we'll just try to tie them in uh, really quickly to get out of here. But I think last we talked about them, everybody was in Miami for Kimmy and Maurice's marriage. Right. And they got married. Everything was good. But let's touch on the piece where Melanie and... Martell stepped outside to talk about their situation. Now, how did you feel when he said, I don't care how many women I slept with, I could have slept with a thousand women, it should have stayed in our house. Yeah, see, I thought that was some dumb shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I thought that was some dumb shit. And, And here's why, because first off, who says that, especially when you fresh off of just cheating on your wife? Like, that's the last thing you should be saying. And no, if if you've hurt me to the point that you've hurt me, then no, it maybe it doesn't get to stay in our house because you want it to stay in our house so you remain looking good and looking right. like an upstanding citizen and you know this great businessman who take care of family who take care of home and they have that great relationship no maybe it doesn't get to stay in the household maybe it'll make me feel better if i tell your mama and my mama and our friends like maybe it will and that's just something you're gonna have to deal with because you did what you did so no mm-hmm. i thought it was dumb what he said like who says that? And you, you fresh <laughs> off of cheating. Like, you fresh off of cheating. And you you going to say something like that? Like, what you really should be saying is, I understand I hurt you. And I, you know, I, I hate that this had to be, um, you know, spread outside of our household. I'm really sad. I really um, am sad that you feel this way. And that you feel like you had to go to other people you know, to, to make you feel better or whatever. Like, yeah, I think that the most sincere moment from Martel was when he was drugged up in the hospital, getting ready to go into surgery. Right. I think at that point is when he really got it. And, and of course that was right after she told him that she felt like after he recuperated that she felt like they needed some time apart I think he got it in that moment you know I think right. because and, and maybe it was because of the drugs and he was you know there at that point and he right. wasn't in the frame of mind where he felt like he needed to keep up that facade of you know being this macho man or whatever is usually in his head I don't know but I think that was a sincere moment for him and that really got to him and then yeah. also, I think when they met as the comeback group, they were meeting and it was everybody but Martel because he was in the hospital and Melanie was trying to explain to them where she was and the fact that she just didn't know what was going to happen with her marriage or what was going on with that. And Maurice was the one that, that said it for her because everybody else was saying, well, did something else happen? Did he do right. something else? And she was trying to explain no, but the thing is, and, and and I really get what she's saying. When he cheated on her, there was nothing in her mind right. wrong with their marriage. They were having a good time. They were hanging out. They were having sex. They were spending family time. The two of them had date nights. 
they were doing everything. Right. So, you know, now he's not cheating or supposedly not cheating and they're still doing everything. She has her doubts because like everything was great before and you cheated. So how am I to know that you're not cheating now when everything is great? And, right. and Maurice said, it sounds like you have to build your confidence back in Martel. And it, it is almost, and she said, that's exactly what it is. But it's almost like he has to do something else to build her confidence. And I don't right. think that she even knows what that something else is. And it's probably not something that she can communicate to him. It's probably a thing of when he does it, if he does it, she'll know it and she'll feel it. Right. But right now, it's not happening. Right. And I felt like, and, and that's what I was thinking too, I felt like that something was what he said in the hospital. You know, like she did, oh, she needed something. Yeah. She yeah. needed something from him because there was no indicator that he was doing anything different because he's doing exactly what he was doing when he was cheating. So there's no indicator that it has stopped, that he has changed, that he feels different or whatever. And she needed something. And maybe she didn't know what it was, but maybe when he was in the hospital and he was drugged up and he said, I don't want to lose you. I, you know, I want you to be with me forever. Are you going to be with me forever? That was what she needed because he never... He gave her the flowers and he wrote mm -hmm. her a little note or whatever. But when you are able to see somebody's true feelings, and usually when you drugged up like that, you say stuff that's really on your mind, like in your, you know, deep conscience. And so maybe that's what she needed to, you know, to feel better about their situation. Because... That would be really hard. Think about it. Usually when somebody's cheating, you could look back and say, oh, well, that's why he was doing X, Y, Z. And that's why we stopped having sex. And that's why he, you know, what wasn't, you know, we weren't having fun and we didn't go on vacation or blah, blah, blah. But she said everything was still going, you know, great in her mind. And he right. didn't dispute that. You know, it wasn't like, you know, all he said is he felt... Like she was, did he say something about she was working or something? Or I forgot what he said, but yeah, and you, I, yeah, I think he tried to play some of the blame on her, which he should never do. But he did say maybe working a lot and not putting as much time or energy into him because he comes across as the type of man who wants to be the center of attention, right. He he he, um, he comes across like he grew up as an only child or the only boy, you know. Well, speaking of that, did you see his conversation with his mom when he went I to did. visit his mom before the surgery? And I mean, granted, she was like, don't hurt my daughter. Don't do this. And she was really hurt. But at the same time, she, too, was justifying him cheating. I mean, she right. basically said you guys have it good. You have a good life and, and you're a good husband and you're a good dad. Yeah. And Melanie has always said that he helps with the kids and spends time. Like he does all of that. Right. But that still doesn't negate the fact that he cheated and that was wrong. And, right. and it should not be justified. Like mom, you should, yes, this is your son. This is your baby. You love him, but you can't justify him cheating. Right. Right. You can't justify it. You can't make it right. You know, let's acknowledge it and move, work forward. But you also have to acknowledge her feelings and right. how that made her feel. And know? however long it takes her to get past that because she can't trust the fact that you guys are in a good place to know that you're not cheating because you were in a good place when you cheated. So, it's going to take something else for her to be. And, and he says all the time, that was a, that was two years ago and she had to correct him. No, it wasn't. It was a year ago. And she said, no, it hasn't been quite a year yet, but he comes across as, as wanting her to let it go and never talk about it again, because in his mind that happened so long ago. Right. 
he wants her to, he just wants it to go away. You know, he just wants it to go away. And he has to understand it, it may take her a year. It may take right. her. Because it seems like she also didn't find out until that night that it had been close to two years. Two years. Was, you right. know, cheating right. instead of one. Can you imagine you're having what you think is a great marriage? Everything's going good. And then a year or so later or whatever, you find out for the last two years your husband's been in a relationship because if you're with somebody for two years, the same woman, that's a relationship and you can't. Oh yeah. She said that you had a full blown relationship and you know, it's, it's multiple hurts. There is hurt because he betrayed her and that's her husband. And like she said, that was like her best friend. They, they started their business together and they grew it. It's a very success appears to be a very successful business. But she also has that hurt of a woman who, like she said, you have me out here looking crazy because people knew it. He's trying to say people didn't know, but the other couples had already acknowledged that they had heard stuff. So she was dealing with that also. Like he's having this full-fledged relationship. So I'm out here working and taking care of family and taking care of him and I'm out amongst the people of Huntsville and you know some people are probably talking behind my back poor thing she don't even know what her husband out here doing so she has to deal with that embarrassment as well and I get he wants her to to tuck it away and never talk about it again I'm sure he would like that and I understand that but I also think that if he truly wants to get on the other side of the infidelity he has to allow her the time however long that is to really get through it and to be in a better place. Right. You you don't get to tell me when right. I need to let it go. Right. You, know, you, you just right. don't get to you don't get to tell me because I didn't get to know anything about this. I didn't get to, you know, have any say so in anything that you were doing. So you don't get to tell me when I should shut it down. You know, and I'll let you know when I'm when I'm there, you know, right. What was she was she? The only thing I say is once you have said that you're over it and you're forgiving somebody, then you have to let it go. You can't just keep bringing it up when it's convenient. And so obviously she's not there yet because I don't think every little thing brings her you know, brings her back there. So she's, she's and part of it is, there. I don't think he took true ownership of it until right. the, the scene in the hospital, because I right. think that the way that he acts and him trying to justify it or him trying to blame her doesn't help his case in helping her along in the process. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, my last thing on them is, when Melanie had dinner with, with Kimmy and she opened up and said that she was really hurt that during that time, Kimmy didn't reach out to her. Right. And, and Kimmy was like, well, I sent you a text. And she said, yeah, you sent me a text, but you're my friend and you didn't call me. I understand I, that part too. I understand both ends of it, but I can really understand where Kimmy is coming from. Because for one, it didn't seem like at the time they were super close. Because I right. think the the comeback group had dissolved and it wasn't in the in the best terms that they dissolved in. And then people were talking about, you know, what's going on in the streets. And Kimmy was kind of like, we hadn't really talked, so I didn't want to call you up. And then it appeared that I'm just really trying to get in your business. Right. So she said, I felt like the best thing for me to do was to send you a text. And I understand that. I do. I do understand that. It's a, you know, it's, it's probably a touchy subject and so you really unless you're really close to that person you really don't know how to approach it where you seem like you're concerned but not nosy you know right and so 
It is a hard, and you never know. Some people want you to contact them and say, right. how are you doing or whatever. And other people are like, they don't, you know, don't bother me. I'm, I'm going through something and I, you know, I don't want to be bothered. I can I get that because, you know, even during a divorce, you know, for some people I wanted to hear from and I expected to hear from. And then there were other people where I didn't want to talk to them because I felt like they would just be asking for nosy reasons. Like, yeah. oh, I saw on Facebook such and such. Are y'all still together? Or, you know. Yeah. So, and, you know, you know, I think that the text could have been... Kimmy's because see that's probably the approach I would take I would think that the text from Kimmy was probably her knocking on the door right to see if she can come in and right. I think that if Mel had called her and say hey thank you for the text I really appreciate it hey you want to grab dinner you want to grab some drinks or had just started talking I think that would have opened up the door for Kimmy and then she probably would have followed through and then continued to follow up with her. Right, right. Because if it wasn't a close friend of mine, that's probably what I would do. I would just send a text and say, hey, girl, you are you good? You know, if you need to talk or something, I'm here. You know, give me a call. So that's that's probably the approach. If it's not somebody I'm close to. If it's somebody yeah. I'm close to, then I'm going to call. I'm going to reach out by phone or stop by right. or whatever. But, and especially yeah. since it comes across that they were at, at one point trying to put on the facade that everything was good. So right. if, if they're trying to portray that, then you definitely don't want to call and say, hey, girl, right. you okay? Well, I heard this, this, and this. Because you don't right. know, you know, if it's somebody who always wants to put the best face forward and, and they don't want to talk about the issues, that's fine, but you're not going to bring it up. So, yeah. but they, I, I, you know, I think they got through it at that dinner and, and they seem to be good after that. Right. I like, I like the show and I hope it will come back for a, another season. I like it. Yeah, because I think the season finale is coming up, right? Yeah, well, that wasn't the season finale? I don't know. I think there's one more. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, okay. I thought that was. I could be season. wrong, though. <laughs> it might be. I don't. I oh, hope I, it's not. <laughs> I thought that was. I, I need more closure. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you might have gotten all your closure. I think that was, I think that was the season finale. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. It might be, but I, I think that was it. I think that's all you're gonna get. But I mm. um I think their drama was like everyday drama. It wasn't like fighting and cat fighting like or manufactured you know. drama. Right. I think yeah. that that's real drama that could happen between, you know, friends or whatever. Be what I did like is um they would have their disagreements in the meeting. But it seemed like outside of it, they could still, you know, kind of scratch it a little bit, put it in a box and go back to being friends outside the group. Because I can't remember the, the dark skinned lady's name. What What's her name? Letitia. Um, Letitia. She was kind of mad when they first got there. But once she saw when they got to the the, the last little meeting that they had and they were all standing around talking. They were trying to get Mel to come back to the group. She was visibly upset about it. She still didn't want to be bothered with Mel. But it seems like once she started to discuss her and uh, her marriage, mm -hmm. then she opened up, you know, and yeah. she was, she was, so, uh, and I like her. I'm glad she's getting her career She's doing her thing. I, I like her. I and, yeah. and that's why I say I think um for reality shows it's a you know, it's a it's a good show. So hopefully they'll come back for another seat. I guess that'll be it for this week. We'll catch everybody next week. Bye. Bye.
like to share your comments or let us know what you think about the episode, please email us at whatwelikeinc at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at What We Like. Make sure that you guys are doing what you like this week. Because we'll definitely be doing what we like. Bye. Bye.